What's up, everyone? What's up, Climates? Welcome to Planet of the Climates. Planet of the Climates is a community-organized podcast bringing you the latest information and insight into Klima. Klima is a blockchain protocol backed by carbon credits that gives people a chance to fight climate change as a collective and get rewarded for doing so. Klima sits at the intersection of blockchain, climate action, and the carbon credit market, so there's no shortage of great stuff for us to talk about. My name's Phaedrus, and I'll be your host on this adventure. I'll be joined by my good friends and co-hosts Reg and Diamond Hands as we discuss the latest Klima news, drop some occasional alpha, and connect you with the biggest and brightest names currently exploring this space. So today we're chatting with Leontari and Rataka from the Klima DAO team, and I'm sure we're going to hear some great stories from them about life in the DAO and hmm, a very cool campaign that's being announced just today, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, but really, enough teasing from us, let's just jump right into it. All right, it's been a while since we featured some of the key contributors and core team for Klima, and do we ever have a great excuse today? We're joined by Leontari and Rataka to not only shed some light on how marketing and content teams work within KlimaDAO, but also share some exciting news as we launch a brand new functionality for the Klima protocol itself. So thank you so much for taking the time to join us, Leontari and Rataka. No doubt listeners will be eager to learn more about how our DAO works and what this announcement's all about. But as I always do, let's back things up a little bit first and have you tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe your experience prior to Klima, your journey with blockchain, and maybe how you first discovered Klima. Yeah. Hey, everyone. This is Leontari. In terms of education, my background is in sciences and economics. I did a couple of majors and straight out of graduating, I started my own businesses and I was heavily into tech. I had a SaaS company. I also have, you know, other brands in other spaces, you know, in terms of retail, food and, you know, consumer products. But yeah, in terms of blockchain, I've always been the type to be interested in technology. I mean, that's one of the reasons why one of my first businesses was in this space. And even for my tech company, I wanted to do something that was more related to the environment. But at that time, you know, I gave it a shot, but... This was more than 10 years ago, and it was very, very hard to scale. So the company pivoted into consumer electronics. But yeah, in, in terms of blockchain, you know, it's anything new in the tech world I've always been interested in, but I never really dived deep into DeFi. It was more of, I bought Bitcoin early on, you know, through central exchanges. I was in and out of crypto, but it was really only like a month before Klima launched that a friend of mine, you know, showed me the Olympus protocol. And, you know, and, th- and I think this was something that we talked about when we're doing our marketing workshops, right? Like when you're an outsider looking in, especially if you're a mass market person that's not really, you know, familiar with, with DeFi, when you see the Olympus protocol or similar protocols that have like similar reward rates, you get skeptical, right? So I, when I first saw the Olympus protocol, I didn't really jump into it yet. But it was when Klima was introduced to me by the same friend that I got really interested because it basically aligned everything that I've ever been interested in. And being able to harness the power of Web3 to do something about a real world problem that's super close to my heart, you know, which is climate change. I've, I've always felt this urgency. We, always, we say this a lot, right? The whole issue around climate change is that 
there's a coordination failure in terms of the actions that need to be taken. And, you know, seeing Klima take on this huge problem and seeing a clear path and a clear vision towards doing it, like I, I had to be a part of it. And, you know, I, I got into it. I participated during the launch day. You know, I missed out on the IDO and the LBP. And on that first day when, when the contributor server opened, I jumped at the chance to be able to contribute. And that's been one of the best decisions I think that I've ever made. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Great to hear that. I know that was a chaotic time and a, definitely a momentous occasion, the launch there. And I know a lot of us want to do what we can to succeed with the protocol. So yeah, Ritaka, how about yourself, your own background there, pre-Klima perhaps? Yeah. So I've been traveling the world with my family since I was little. And during this time, I think I sort of developed a, a bit of like a, a hodgepodge background. So when I when I when I graduated from university, I was on a track to go into a very traditional career, but I just I just didn't vibe with that. And I'd actually gone to high school in the Philippines. What what ended up happening is I decided to start a company in the Philippines and just leave behind the traditional world. So that quickly failed. I was very young at the time, straight you know, fresh out of my master's degree, but. I just felt like a calling to stay there, stay in Asia and, and build. I just felt like this is where I want to build something in the future. I want to have an impact. So I ended up joining a company builder. And I spent the past 10 years building companies and learning how that works, building processes and building up brands from scratch. And it's been a super, super experience for me. One of the, the brands I've also built is in the crypto space, but I never felt like I was doing what I wanted to wake up and do every day for the rest of my life. It was just a great learning experience. It was actually my brother, who's an Omi, who, who told me about Klima. And it immediately clicked for me because ever since I was a kid, and especially living in Asia, I've been super concerned about air quality, about climate. I mean, I have like, I have an air filter in my apartment. I've had bronchitis when I was a kid. So like I love Asia. It's it's amazing. Southeast Asia is my is my favorite place in the world, but the air quality is awful. Like PM two point five pollution levels, etc. So being able to work on something that is actually building an incentive system to change this fundamentally for now and for the future was really the reason why it was a no brainer for me. Um, at the time, it was in December that the Klima contributor server was accepting applications. So I sent my application in and Leontari was the first person who reached out to me and said, we're looking for someone to run campaigns and, and content. So basically help coordinate stuff and help to make it easier for people to understand what we're doing at Klima. So, I mean, after that conversation, I, I, I jumped straight in and, and haven't looked back since. Oh, yeah, that's, that's very cool. So... Actually, the, the question is like, it's it's definitely difficult for like, you know, jumping into Web3 jobs. It's not your usual way of doing traditional finance or traditional world jobs, right? Uh, what was your first initial thought when uh, jumping into Web3 jobs, especially like in, um, in Klima itself? Like, what was your, maybe your concerns or your fears when you first started uh, here in the DAO? Leon, you want to jump in first? Yeah. Klima was my Klima was my first DAO, and honestly, I've read a lot about DAOs in my own businesses. I've experimented with you know meritocracies and flat hierarchies, but even then, it was as Phaedrus put it earlier, it was pretty chaotic, right? And I think it 
was, I guess, heightened in a way because when Klima launched, the initial activity and hype around the protocol was really huge and there was a huge influx of contributors. So imagine jumping into a contributor server where everyone was super passionate about fighting climate change and you know about the protocol. Everyone's excited about the success of the launch, right? And there were basically what a hundred plus contributors. Like it was, I think it hit like 150 at some point. You know, and I was initially, you know, going to the contributor server. I was trying to kind of find my fit. I mean, on my everyday, I basically run my core teams and you know for my companies, but I knew that in a DAO, I would have to find, I guess, my fit, right? And I found that everyone was trying to do the same. So I think that that was the biggest kind of difference working in Web2 or I guess in more traditional companies. Because in Web2 and traditional companies, you basically go in and you go in for a specific position and you're basically, I guess, pegged to that for a while when you get accepted to that job. But in a DAO, it's it's different, right? You You get to have the flexibility of going around and trying to figure out, okay, like where can I best contribute? Which team would I best fit in? You know, who can I best work with? Right. And yeah, for me it was it was an amazing experience. It was you know it was it was stressful at times, but this is a really fun working environment. I'd say it's one of the most fun I've ever had working. Just being able to and I think I've talked about this in a lot of the Dow White Sinks. You know, it's really fun to go into like Ritaka, I think, applied like back in December. And, you know, at that time, one of our leads, right, Rekuman, he he was moving to handle our community team. And, you know, just overnight, like Ritaka's application came in with exactly the kind of skills and background that we need, right? And it's happened so many times. It's amazing to be able to work every day with super high-skilled people and just do high-impact work. I think that's that's really one of the biggest kind of differences of being in a DAO, especially in a DAO like Klima. Yeah, uh, yourself, uh, Ritaka? I totally agree. I think the caliber of people that we're working with here is is the highest that I've ever come across at this scale. I mean, I've always worked with, with smart people, but it's never been this many, you know, within the same organization. And I mean, in terms of making the, the adjustment from, I guess, Web 2 to Web 3, I mean, it's, I think COVID played a big part in this. I've been working remotely. I just haven't had a normal, like a, a typical nine to five office structure since in, in my whole career, really, but especially so during COVID. So I think there's like a, I can see why DAOs started to become more widespread during the pandemic, because it's just a good way to organize people around loose ge- geographical and and, and even like personal life um, rhythms and structures. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next as things start to normalize again after the pandemic. So I think that some one part of it that uh, wasn't really covered in the beginning of the podcast was like, what are you guys uh, specific role in the DAO? So I understand that uh, Leon Tari, you said that you are a core member. So what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Okay, so yeah, so right now I'm part of the core team. I wasn't part of the founding team. I was, I guess, inducted into the core team pretty late. As a day-to-day, I I basically oversee the marketing and the creative team. And just going off with what we were talking about earlier, it's fun to be in this position because you get to work with a lot of very talented people, you know, like Ritaka and 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 Phaedrus. Like, I'm not sure if you remember how we put together POTK, right? You said that you had podcast background and 
and I think it was the next day that I interviewed Don, and Don was saying that you know he he has experience in production, and and then we just we just it was just like one simple line in our ta- in our chat, right? And and that's how POTK was born, and you guys have had tremendous success. I think that's to answer your question. I guess part of the day to day is also helping enable people in the marketing and creative team to give their best impact. So yeah, I guess uh, with Planet of the Climates falling under marketing and creative, I think, you know, I can vouch that it's been great to work with you and great to have, you know, your guidance and leadership with helping to foster that great uh, community that we do have in the DAO. But besides just an opportunity to, you know, give each other a pat on the back here too, uh, I know since you're wearing the marketing cap, I know when marketing has been an enduring meme out in crypto Twitter and the Discord as well. So when did you decide to give in and finally start doing something? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's, those were fun times, right? When the when marketing meme was like super rampant. I guess the honest answer for this one is that we've always been doing something, right? And I think that you guys can attest to this that we never really stopped building since October, since the DAO launched, and. You know, I think just to give the listeners here a bit of a background, so the contributor server was basically built on the day of the launch. And I mean, it was, like you said, it was chaotic. And we were trying to build the plane as we were flying it, right? And the first month for all of us was basically trying to find our fit. And, you know, I didn't also want to just go in there not knowing anybody and just take up a leadership role, right? I think I think you guys saw this, like the way I... I think my role from the beginning has always been like I saw that we needed to kind of I guess steer marketing creative toward a specific direction and you know that was my initial way of contributing and eventually we we found a fit for everybody we found our leads we started on creating our workflows and while we were doing that we we basically had there was basically two ways about it right we could give in to the when marketing and start I mean we could we could do a lot of, I guess, short-term gimmicky stuff. Get, I guess, influencers and endorsers, or do ads or whatever, right? But I mean, I'm not saying those don't work because they do. But for me, things are most effective when there's a whole plan around it, right? And it takes time to form that plan, to form the team, to get the workflows down, and to to get that plan together. And I think it's really, it was really January when we started to really ship a lot of stuff. And even then, like it's teams take time to mature. Even good people, even very talented people putting everybody together. It takes time for, it takes time for that dynamic to kind of form. And I think that this announcement that we're about to make is kind of like the culmination of that. The stuff that we put together this week you know, the stuff that we're about to launch, the ideation to execution took only about a week, right? And, you know, for us to get to that point where the team is super cohesive and to, you know, create being able to create something super high impact in a short amount of time, kind of, I guess, the, the unseen work there is really the time it took to be able to build out, you know, the branding foundations, the, the integrated marketing campaign plan, you know, all that stuff. I mean, we've always internally we've always seen the when marketing meme as a as a challenge, and I think you guys can also attest to that. And it's been really fun. It's been really fun building, even despite all the pressure. <laughs> oh yeah, I think yeah, that's a good point that we were 
you know, working on marketing stuff from day one and, you know, maybe what the public sees or what, you know, the average climate sees out there, you know, sometimes that really is just the tip of the iceberg, but you're talking about building enduring sustainable structures and teams and the community and a strategy within the DAO. I think when products launch, when protocols launch, there's this expectation, right, of a certain level of polish. But something that I briefly wanted to talk about was, you know, how the original core team was basically working on this project for, I guess, a long period of time. I mean, some of them have been in the space for a while, but I think the being able to launch the Klima protocol itself was basically also, I guess, a six to eight month sprint. And the success that they found was, I guess, something unprecedented and unexpected. I think there was a lot of criticism that was thrown at, you know, I guess the branding and the design and all that. But I think we have to remember that the success that they found initially means that whatever they did basically worked. I believe you've said this before in a couple of our, you know, our team meetings before too, that we're, you know, just a few months in and that's early days for, you know, Dow world or web three world. But the, like the equivalent is like, you know, back in the brick and mortar world or web two world, like we're, we're even earlier. Like right now we're very much at that very, very, very beginning, even though we're a few months out post launch here. I, I'm sure you guys also feel this, but the amount of work that we've done over the past, I guess, few months is probably equivalent to like a year a year and a half in real world time. The workflows that we've set in place, the way our teams have matured, I mean, not even talking about what we've shipped, right? Where we are internally right now as a DAO is basically, you know, we're, we're quickly hitting that maturity phase of an organization. And to be able to do that in such a short amount of time, I think speaks a lot to the level of contributors that we have. Definitely. Uh, I want to bring this back to Ritaka as well as the, like, to do a deeper uh, dive on his role as well. Um, what's your specific role in the DAO and uh, how is it like for you so far? So my focus is on campaigns and content. The way I think about it is that I'm organizing stuff. I'm, I'm coordinating stuff. There are so many smart and talented people within the DAO. And in order to establish a cadence, in order to keep momentum going, we need to make sure that we're coordinating you know, all of our inputs. So when someone has a great idea somewhere, there's absolutely no shortage of fantastic ideas. And what we need to make sure that we do is that we structure them because by structuring them, we can make sure that we're always shipping. When you have a big announcement, you want to follow it up with, with more content with, you know, and, and sort of start to prepare for the next one. So as a sort of coordinator, that's that's exactly what I do. I make sure that we build a calendar. Um, I make sure that we that everybody is aware of, or I try to make sure that everybody's aware of, of what's in this calendar and then coordinate the different moving parts and, and also make sure that this is consistent in the way that it, that it sounds, in the way that it reads, and in, in the way that it communicates over time. I see, I see. I think this is something uh, really interesting because, uh, you know, with the, the last two or three months, you know, with the launch of Klima Infinity and the new website, and there's so many things ongoing consistently, you know, now with the new aggregator that has been just launched, 
you know, you f- must be feeling like, you know, like an air traffic controller, you know, trying to prioritize, making sure that, you know, there's space for each content to come in and you know, trying to coordinate like different dates, timelines, deadlines as well, you know, making sure that everyone gets the right impact uh, that it deserves, right? Then yeah. the question I want to ask is like, how do you do it and what has been the experience like for you? I mean, that's a really good way to put it, air traffic controller, because where you have all these ideas flying around, right? That's the air traffic, and we need to make sure that they're aligned in the right way, or at least in in the most executable way. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the way I, I think about it, and that's that's the way I, I do it. Is that I I love organizing stuff, like whether it's tidying my room or whether it's keeping things like nice and orderly. I think that's just a, a natural tendency that I have. So I, I pretty much just you know transpose that into the DAO structure. I mean, when I came in in December, there was a lot of really fu- foundational work going on in building workflows with with some contributors. Obviously, Leontari, Leonardo San, a bunch a bunch of people worked on this, and so that actually made it easier for me to just plug into that system and look at how can I use the system that's already been built in a way that um, you know the tooling that we have, like Notion, is a fantastic tool. Um, in order to manage uh, schedules and tasks and everything like that. So what I do really is I just focus on making sure that these processes that we already have in place are working, you know, try to improve them wherever um, possible. Um, and just really importantly to communicate a lot, communicate on, on various calls and asynchronous chats, just to make sure that because we're working across different time zones, how do we just stay in touch and, and have like a, like a 24 hour relay race I'm going on to deliver stuff. I think that's really important. Like, I think, you know, there's so many things going on constantly. Like, you know, you also have to manage, like we don't overping the server as well, making sure that everything has its place. That's really, really tough. I would say that, you know, to have a real overview of everything and making sure everyone stays on track and yeah. stays in, uh, in the head of the timeline yeah. itself. Yeah, because like we always want to release stuff, right? We always want to share exciting new stuff. But like we, everything has its proper time. So we, so we need to make sure that we, we release stuff at the right time for maximum impact and for max, maximum consistency as well. So many of us have a soft spot for the original website, the iconic green black hole. It really kind of was easy to communicate the idea that we're sucking in carbon credits and we've created this incentive mechanism to bring carbon credits on chain and reward people for taking part in the carbon market and trying to basically corner the market on carbon, right? We're trying to suck up all the carbon credits and uh, increase the price of them, thus affecting all these downstream positive impacts. And it's evolved from that. And I think that's still our heart, but we have a new website now. You know, tell us about that evolution, like going from that initial website, kind of give us an overview of how it's evolved from that beginnings to where we're at now? Yeah, in terms of the design of the original website, I think that was built by the original core team. And I know that it did receive some criticism, but for me, like I liked it. And I think the original design served, I guess, its purpose of attracting a lot of DeFi natives. You know, I mean, there's a reason why DeFi natives are on Discord, right? Uh, I'm not sure exactly how Discord became the the platform to use for a lot of crypto protocols, but I think a lot of us are gamers, right? And and the way I've always kind of described it was it 
it looked climate punk. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember, but one of the first things that we initiated during the first few weeks of the protocol was to figure out, okay, the core team was, the original core team was successful in terms of creating this protocol, creating their, their vision of a black hole for carbon. But what comes next, right? What comes next for the vision? How does the vision evolve? And what is going to be the target market for this evolved mission vision? And, you know, the the way that the mission vision for Klima evolved is we want to build the on-chain carbon market, right? And the role the role that Klima has in that is, you know, we want to be the engine for this carbon market. And the the target demographic has now expanded, right? It's not just people in DeFi, right? Because Klima stands at that kind of, we're in a very unique position where, you know, we're solving real life problems with Web3 technology. And, you know, this is like Klima could be the gate, like one of the gateways of the mass market into Web3. And, you know, with that comes having to design a language develop a new design language that's, I guess, more inclusive. Right. Yeah, I think that's an important point. I hadn't, I guess, fully considered that our addressable market, our, I guess you could almost call it our clientele would be different than the starting point. But ours went from these DeFi natives, as you mentioned, people who are sort of into crypto already, kind of know the ins and outs, can navigate things quite easily, to now we're getting interest from a lot of people who are not crypto natives. And we've actually kind of and this is a big challenge for a lot of different crypto, meaning getting people who don't know crypto to participate. And we've taken that challenge on through a variety of different uh, avenues, right? So maybe uh, I'll toss the first question to Rataka. So uh, what are we doing to assist with onboarding? Sure. So I think that's exactly the motivation behind this new campaign, the Love Letter to the Planet which is to try to communicate in the most understandable way about what it is that we're doing. And ultimately, building the on-chain carbon market is a very abstract and complex process that takes a lot of time. Like even we as a DAO are still understanding, we're still learning. So what are our partners? We're all trying to understand how this works. But the way that we've positioned the Love Letter campaign is to make it a lot more concrete which is what is the thing that people actually want to do fundamentally? And, and that is that they want to leave the world a better place for the next generation. And so by striking this sort of common understanding with, with our target market, I think we can assist in onboarding. Of course, we want to make the user experience as easy as possible. If you look at our campaign landing page, it's, it tries to be very clear. It tries to be very simple with distinct sections with just a few clicks to achieve your end goal. Ultimately, our messaging is also very concrete. We're saying, leave a message. And when you do leave this message, you're going to be doing something that directs funding to projects that are, that are protecting the planet from climate change. And then the second question can go to Leontari. What are we developing, innovating that is attracting people into Klima from the outside? I mean, the, the easy answer to this is, you know, we're developing the Klima Infinity product, right? Which sits on top of the Klima protocol, right? And the Klima Infinity product is what we're building so that, you know, institutions and individuals are will be able to offset their emissions. And I think that the harder question here and what we're really developing 
is like what Ritaka said, the user experience. You know, it's it's a huge challenge and it's a fun challenge to try to develop a user experience that's almost, you know, I think in Web2, like we're all very spoiled, right? With really awesome, seamless, frictionless user experiences. You know, I mean, the, the whole goal around when e-commerce was developing over, I guess, the 2000s was like to get as less clicks as you possibly can for people to check out so that you reduce the bounce rate, right? And the reason why there's that kind of goal is because people want everything to be more efficient, right? And to, to I guess, be more enjoyable as well. And, you know, it's, it's a huge challenge because we're a Web3 protocol with a very, I guess, complex machinery. But we want everyone to have this very easy and enjoyable user experience, you know, to be able to offset their emissions, right? Because, I mean, this is what the whole love letter campaign is about. We want people to just be able to focus on the impact that they're making instead of having to figure out the complexities of Web3. Yeah, I mean, Web3 is already an upgrade over Web2, just in the, like, for example, the single sign-on, like, just a single wallet allow you to interact with many different protocols, different websites, Klima included. Then you have Klima built on top of this, kind of bringing in carbon, providing liquidity to the on-chain carbon market, providing yield on the underlying carbon asset. We built Klima Infinity on top of that, which is this hybrid of this user experience upgrade and functionality that doesn't exist yet. And now we're bringing the love letter campaign in, which now adds a social layer, kind of gives people a connection to what they're doing on chain. And it's all happening in what, six months? I think it's fantastic. But getting back to the website for a moment, you know, this idea of the wormhole, one of the core reasons we're getting away from that a little bit is that the carbon isn't truly locked away, right? So as the functionality has expanded, the carbon that's in our treasury can interact with our ecosystem. It can be bought and sold through our liquidity. It can be burned, meaning it can be retired on chain. Yeah. And that burning of the carbon is just, it's brand new. And I think that was something that, you know, even immediately after launch, we definitely fielded some criticism that, you know, uh, you know, what we're bringing into the treasury or what we're bringing on chain is not necessarily gone in the sense of that black hole image. But now we have launched that functionality to retire and we've got these love letters now. And so, I mean, it feels like that's such an important part of the equation and such an important part of what the protocol is all about. I don't know if either of you would like to, you know, just comment on the significance of this new functionality. One of the the contributors positioned what we're doing when you hold and stake Klima, you're increasing your offsetting power, you're accumulating offsetting power. So that's basically the protocol mechanics in play so that as the treasury grows and it distributes more and more carbon tokens to you via your your Klima holdings. So you're increasing your offsetting power. This applies to, to businesses as well who participate in Klima Infinity. And now we've introduced the end goal and closing the loop on what you do with that offsetting power. And that is you exercise it by retiring carbon. So the black hole image is actually valid and it's accurate because of this new functionality that that we've introduced. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So now people are are able to, you know, retire and uh, I guess the wording is, you know, claim that underlying offset. You know, maybe it seems counterintuitive to some people to have an asset and then, you know, deliberately destroy it or get rid of it. I think, you know, maybe with 
NFT projects or other things, they understand that, you know, a burn kind of increases rarity and scarcity. So here you're kind of getting that offset. And then it's how does that change our actual ecosystem then too? Because BCT, MCO2, NCT, other assets will become more rare then? Or how is that going to change our, our dynamic of the protocol? I think it ties in really well with the end goal that we're trying to achieve, which is to, to fight climate change. Ultimately, projects will be incentivized to bring more carbon on-chain and bridges will be incentivized to do the same because of, of what we're doing. We're building this massive accumulator, um, we're building this ecosystem, and we're also helping to create scarcity for the credits. So when, when you retire, when you retire carbon, certain individuals or certain projects will want to do so for very specific underlying projects, whether they're in a certain part of the world or whether they're implementing a certain kind of forest conservation project or a reforestation project ultimately what we're doing is we're making it more viable for these projects to send credits on chain and send them our way i see that's really cool so has Klima officially retired and effectively offsets its own emissions and what's the plan going forward as part of the love letter to the planet campaign us launching the retirement aggregator which is one of the pivotal products that we've launched, Klima is one of the first to use this retirement aggregator. And we just offset 165 tons, which is 1.5x our total emissions, which includes the pre-launch transactions that we did on L1. So yeah, to answer your question, we'll continuously be using the retirement tool to offset our emissions. I also want to just add there that you know one of the reasons why our you know, it was only 165 tons is because Klima is already built on Polygon, which is already one of the most environmental friendly networks. But Leontari, that really resonates with me too, because I know like so many other projects or things or the love letters that have come through so far too. I mean, what it takes to actually offset is sometimes just, it's so small, right? It's like not impossible. Like it's very doable, this campaign that we're on, right? It's, it's within reach for everybody to offset their emissions or their company's emissions or their project or their chain. <laughs> so, I mean, right now, you know, all it takes with the love letter campaign, all it takes is, you know, a MetaMask wallet and some digital asset. And you can pretty much use a wide variety of digital assets to be able to offset, right? And if you were an individual, like you said, Phaedrus, it really only takes a small amount of carbon tons to be able to offset your emissions. And, you know, pretty soon, and some alpha here, we're going to make this even more frictionless. Yeah, we're going to continuously upgrade that experience. And that's something that we'll be working very hard, you know, towards over the next few weeks. So who came up with this idea? It was originally the idea for when we were launching Klima Infinity. This was back in February for Valentine's Day during the big kind of like Klima Infinity launch, like the first phase of it. Rekuman from our contributor server. And this is the amazing thing about DAOs, right? How kind of all the ideas just kind of evolve and, you know, the good ideas get picked up and they just get developed over time, you know. And even right now, the way we've used the Love Letter campaign for the Retirement Aggregator launch, we already had internal discussions of how we can even build on this further. You know, so something that Rekuman initially thought about and then Ritaka picked up for the Retirement Aggregator tool. Now, you know, one of our core members, uh, Vader, wants to build 
even more functionality on top of this campaign. So we see this campaign like moving forward for quite a long time. I think Riku is a really good guy. He came up with this brilliant idea that <laughs> that started off as a as a simple idea that actually evolved it to another level. And it's really exciting to see how one idea has grown so big. And I think that's the whole beauty of it. I mean, this just builds on exactly what we've been talking about, right? That we had an idea somewhere in the contributor server that the way that this whole campaign is put together is literally just pulling together different contributors ideas and contributions, various different components of this campaign that are just crowdsourced. And it's the same with our love letter, which is Klima Dao is forged in the hope we may preserve this blue planet and its inhabitants. This is something that we went around different contributors where everybody shared ideas. And I'm not even sure who modified this idea. And, and I think this was a great twist on Carl Sagan interpretation. I think this is a nice twist on that because focusing on the inhabitants, it becomes more human. While Carl Sagan is really quite looking at it from a universal perspective, Klima is looking at it from a very human perspective. Definitely some sage sources to draw from for a pretty inspiring message there for sure. I don't think we've actually mentioned this so far too, but again, when you're you know retiring or offsetting here and you're leaving your love letter, this is etched in the blockchain. So the idea is that's in perpetuity, right? That's the cool thing about Web3 and blockchain. What we're doing at Klima is a perfect use case because we're making climate action traceable. We're making climate action logged forever. And so even future generations can look back at these early transactions that were made, the early love letters, and say, this is where it all started. This is why we want to build the love letter campaign to hopefully be an evergreen campaign for Klima. Because we want people to always kind of be able to look back and read why why we're doing this, right? Like the first people who put down the love letters are basically contributors. And I think that people have started to write about why they're here in the first place, right? Like for me, and I think I, I spoke about this a lot during our Dow White Sinks is we're doing something really unique here at Klima. And it's something that is legacy building and impactful. And I truly believe that this is one of the most important works we'll ever do, right? And I think that people who participate in the Love Letter campaign will also be able to express this and be able to feel this, like, you know, doing a very small thing that will leave super huge impact that will last for generations. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think I'm just recalling here and reflecting that, you know, both of you, when asked about, you know, how you found Klima or why Klima resonated for you with our first, you know, opening question for you, it really was about this passion or an urgency and feeling, you know, that alignment, that reason to act now on climate. And it seems that this love letters to the planet campaign is really an opportunity to surface that that same passion and that motivation that we know all of our climates and our, our partners have too. And you have taken a step back from your careers, essentially, right? To pursue this passion and this calling. I wouldn't call it a step back. I'd say it's much more of a step forward because I think the Steve Jobs Stanford commencement speech where he says that your life is going to be filled with work. So only do what you believe is great work. And I think what we're doing at Klima is, is great work. So it just makes so much sense. Getting the feels up in here right now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> 
I'm sure this is something that resonates with all of us, right? Like, I mean, outside of this podcast, I think all of us have talked about how, especially during the early days, you know, when all of us were just kind of like hanging out in Discord and talking about how amazing it is to be working in a protocol like Klima. And I talk to the core team about this all the time. And I've always thanked them, you know, for giving me and giving us this opportunity, you know, to be able to participate in something this grand. Maybe some some of you guys might share the same sentiments like, where are we heading? We had so much doubts thrown on us. Like, does it even make sense? At one point in time, we're like, is this double spending of the credits? We have to address those funds that it wasn't and stuff like that. And it was really, really tough through the last few months. But, you know, when things like this you know, start to bear fruit, you see that things are turning around. And, you know, we are slowly but surely working to the vision that we originally had, which is to really fight climate change. I don't think any of that will change anytime soon, right? There's going to be a lot of challenges along the way, like internal and external. But I think as long as we're focused on on our goal, right? And, you know, to put it very, very simply, our goal is to save the planet, right? As long as we're focused on that, I 100% believe that we're going to be able to do it, especially with the team that we have. I believe that we'll be able to do our part. Dao will not be a silver bullet in terms of doing that, but I think that we will play a huge part in that fight. So I think well, I like to ask this question, which is the most important question. No, no, not really the most important. That's the second most important. Uh, a question that we always ask our guests that comes on the show, right? And the question of 2033. So, you know, do you guys being, you know, the marketing uh, lead, uh, I mean, Ritaka being in marketing and uh, Leon Terry being core, right? Where do you see Klima and, you know, with the love letters, with all... Claim infinity down the road in the year 2033 where do you see all this being at oh man like 10 years from now is you know the amount of work that we do in a month 10 years from now i think that Klima would have built the on-chain carbon market we'll have a lot more different carbon assets in our treasury will be the center of it like will be the as marcus put put it in his last uh, i guess interview we're going to be the rails of that economy and and, uh, you know, people will be able to go on to Klima Infinity as a, and it'll be a mature suite of products. And, you know, they'll be able to declare their pledge to the world and they'll be able to easily just offset, right? Offsetting will basically feel like going on Amazon. I think in 10 years, we'll be able to achieve a lot. Vitaka, what do you see? Yeah, just to add to, to what Leontari says, I think 2033, I think is going to be wild, like, that's when all of these emissions targets come into play, the ones that nations are setting, the ones that, that companies are committing to. So what we're seeing now uh, you know, in 2022 is we're building out the fundamentals. You know, we're building deep liquidity for Klima. We're building the rails right now. We're building the fundamental infrastructure. And all of this, I think, is in anticipation of 2030 to 2033. That's when the the major volumes are going to come on chain. If the voluntary carbon market is to play a major role in nations and companies meeting emissions targets, then it's going to be around this time that it has a major share in terms of gigatons of carbon being traded. Not just millions of tons, but gigatons. It's an order of magnitude. It's orders of magnitude larger than what is what is happening now. In terms of love letters. Even in the next weeks, we hope to make the love letter process a lot smoother and not necessarily 
geared towards crypto experienced users. So for the moment, you still need a MetaMask, but just think of the potential of not needing a MetaMask in order to interact with it. Why can't you just use your email address? And why can't our retirement DAP do all the work in the background for you, you know, even before you actually hold any crypto yourself? The moment that that happens, our campaign and our product can actually be an on-ramp for people to crypto who have never actually used crypto before. Yeah, that's awesome. You just talked about that friction vanishing or disappearing in the long run. Feels like right now it's just so much easier than it was just, you know, a week ago or two weeks ago or so many months ago. So, you know, what are we with this Love Letters to the Planet campaign and with the retirement aggregator? You know, what what are we actually asking individuals to do? Where should they go and how can they get started with this? So for now, go to loveletter.klimadao.finance where you'll see all the love letters that that everyone's been submitting, where you'll also see the three steps you need to take to submit your love letter. Everything's linked through, so we try to make it as smooth as possible to understand. We've also got FAQs up there. Of course, if there's any questions that you have, then jump into the Discord and 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 and, and we'll, we'll try to clarify those for you. But we're also looking at making the FAQ process more interactive on, on the page itself. There will be... There'll be a lot more functionalities uh, built on top of this. A major part of that is, you know, again, like reducing that friction, you know, maybe maybe being able to use your email to do all this. I think that's the most alpha that we can give at the moment since we're pre-launched. <laughs> okay, okay. And also use the hashtag MyLoveLitter when you share yours because that way we'll be able to aggregate everything and you'll have this ability to scroll through all these love letters on Twitter Awesome. I made it my mission to retire more than Klimadao did. And bringing the love letter etched onto the blockchain now, my message is there uh, taunting Klima for offsetting more than them. We'll be there forever now. <laughs> you're going you're going down as the first uh, love letter troll of the year. <laughs> the retirement troll. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think, yeah, we've made it through kind of our, you know, our main core questions that we had for you guys there too. But I think just another opportunity to share your your final thoughts. We've gone on a little bit of a journey here about, you know, life in the DAO, your roles in the DAO, and then this really exciting retirement aggregator love letter campaign. So any, you know, final thoughts about where we're at here with with Klima? Yeah, I think I just want to encourage people to check out the love letter campaign page and want to take this, I guess opportunity to to just i guess reiterate and just say again that you know it's i guess this is more a message to you guys as part of our team right um that it's you know it's it's been a pleasure uh like building the love letter campaign and you know the branding and the whole protocol with you guys and i guess this also to the rest of our contributors and the core team we're in a really really important part of building out Klimadao as a protocol and Clima Infinity as a product. And I'm super excited to see where the next three to six months is going to take us. Yeah. I can't Likewise. wait. Yep. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I can't really top what, what Leontari said. It, it has already been fantastic. And now I think we're starting to 
better understand who we are, how to communicate. And I think what is really exciting for me is my background is in in sort of data-driven um, user acquisition uh, focused marketing. I think given the, this product launch of the retirement aggregator and, and of Clima Infinity, I think this is going to be the first time that we really have the ability to build a user acquisition funnel and start doing more data-driven marketing because we have a very concrete conversion goal, which is that a user comes and they use they offset they offset X amount of carbon, um, whether it's a tiny fraction of a carbon ton or whether it's a carbon ton and more. So I think we can start building and I think we can start being number one, the number one solution globally to to offset your carbon footprint with the added benefit that if you become a Klima holder and staker, you do this forever. You perpetually increase your offsetting power. And I think if we if we now have the chance to start really executing on this mission. Well, yeah, that's beautiful. Thank that's you very probably much. Probably we will we'll put a ribbon on it there. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this was fun. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thank you very much. Really appreciate uh, Leon Terry and Ritaka for taking out time. Really, really honored to have you guys coming and sharing with us. Even though we are part of the team, we get to hear in uh, you know this deep dive and understanding where you guys are coming from, and you, know, you sharing with us the future of where Klima is going to be. So really, once again, really, really honored to have you guys here on the show. Yeah, thanks for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's uh, it was it was fun, you know, to be able to talk about this uh, with you guys and to be able to share this to, I guess, the community. And for the yeah. chance to be on our favorite podcast. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> the best podcast in DeFi. Excellent. What a great conversation. I don't know about you. It was just so great to chat with uh, both Leontari and Rataka and learn more about their stories and their journeys. For me, it just, uh, I really appreciated getting to hear, you know, their journeys into crypto, into Klima and kind of where climate and where that passion for protecting the planet kind of sits for both of them too. It really, it's at the core of them, at the core of their motivation for being a part of the Klima team. And so that was just so, you know, I know we worked closely together and, you know, we talk about this stuff all the time about how important it is, the mission that we're on, but hearing that personal reason, that personal motivation and how important it was, I mean, just for me, that's everything. That's why I'm here too. So that really just resonated with me. How about you, Reg? Any big takeaways from that conversation? I think it's great for our community to see to the pros in our DAO. I mean, uh, there, there are so many great contributors and these two are uh, among the best. And they're you know part of the reason why the DAO is in the, in the shape it is right now of delivering, uh, building, you know, putting a professional touch on the, on the branding, the marketing, uh, the presentation of everything. So I think it's telling too that people are quitting their day jobs and devoting themselves 100% to, to Klima. Uh, people are seeing the importance of it. Yeah, that's awesome. D- Diamond Hands, what really uh, stuck with you there through that chat? I think what I see, it's really interesting. It's like how one idea f- can actually evolve and, and you know grow to something so big. I think that's something really, really exciting to see in um, 
in the Web3 space, right? And how collaborative everyone is. And uh, seeing how this love letter campaign is going to grow or potentially grow to the point where it reminds me of this quote that was said by um, Neil Armstrong when he first landed on the moon which is this is one small step for man and one giant leap for mankind the first ever retirement aggregator in DeFi space and going forward this is going to make everything so much easier to offset your carbon and I personally think that this is the beginning of everything in a sense yeah, I mean, this retirement aggregator is really, you know, closing the loop or fulfilling the promise of what we know this project uh, is all about. It's just so exciting. This marks the beginning of Clima in a sense. Mm. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, so I mean, just going back to that conversation there too, I think it's important to highlight the, you know, call to action that we had there for people. So we've got the retirement aggregator and we've got our love letter campaign. So check out loveletter.klimadao.finance. That's loveletter.klimadao.finance, where you can learn how to retire your own carbon and you can commit your own love letter to the blockchain as well to in perpetuity send your love letter to the planet and explain why you're uh, retiring your carbon and why you're offsetting and why you care about the planet so we hope you enjoyed this conversation with Liantari and Ritaka got some great insight into life in the DAO and this new love letters campaign that's just launched and we look forward to talking with you again in a future episode on the very next planet of the climates <laughs>